Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Is This a Thing? That Gentlemen. was fucking awful. Thanks <laughs> for leaving me hanging on that one. Way to have your eye on the prize there, folks. My, you know what? Uh, my head was in the two cents radio space where I could just sit back. Oh. And I, I forgot that I have a role to play here. Oh, no. <laughs> you, you, you didn't sense Rob's absence? <laughs> Come on. I never Nick. do. <laughs> it's always around you. Yeah. <laughs> This month, we've moved. <laughs> just, we, we can't just do a movie. <laughs> Every month has to be a month. Well, a month-long marathon adventure. It wasn't always like that. That's a Nico thing. The ne- Nico loves his, his shtick, his gimmicks. <laughs> <laughs> He's a gimmicky love, man. To be, to, be, to be fair, I love him too. I know. No, I, I enjoy them tremendously, but like, it's not something I would think to do without Nico in my life. I think <laughs> that's the thing. I, I love bits. Yes. I love bits. Yes. Now, some people on this podcast have been dubbed, you know, monikers like uh, bit killer, killer of bits. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I am uh, I'm always going to be pro bit and I and I will uh, not stand for all of you uh, poo pooing my uh, fun. He likes Bitcoin as well, by the way. That's important. <laughs> Really the ultimate bit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Me becoming a crypto bro. It's a short-lived bit, I, by the way. <laughs> it was. It was really... like the, the WWE, like, that's when fucking... I wish I had, like, a metaphor, but, like, when a really bad wrestler, like, they tried making their star, make they tried giving them the belt, and they were like, ah, let's fucking do away with this storyline. Well, lame bit, by the way. I just want to say that Bitcoin. I don't know. You were in it, by the way. That's that was the scary thing. You were you were going full method actor on us. It was, it was, <laughs> it was very weird. Like fucking Daniel Day Lewis building a log cabin on the set of Last of the Mohicans. <laughs> Adam, Adam. Next time, I mean, next time it drives up to forty k again, he'll be back. Don't That's worry. true. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. First yeah. of all, I'm, Nico, I'm, don't lie to me and say that you don't own Bitcoin right now. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'd never lied to you. And when did I ever say I was out of Bitcoin? <laughs> I mean, we're kind of acting like I've that just phase ha- is done. No, I've just stopped talking about it ah. because it's bad right now. Yeah, I've just stopped doing victory laps. <laughs> it's kind of like whenever you hear like, "Oh, Nico seems to be back on his gambling shit. He's up like a couple grand this month." And it's like, no, I've I'm just making I've up never for all the losses. The gam- right. I've never been off of the gambling thing. You're just hearing about it. You're just hearing about it now. Yeah. Nico over there. The Vietnam War is going great. It's going just <laughs> dandy over there. We were, we're making some real progress. <laughs> um, fellas, are you ready for my nickname? No. Are you ready? <laughs> God, no. So, of course, we know last month was wet month. We're now dried off. We're in the humid uh, days of August now. Um, And uh, we're doing movies from our childhoods. Each of us are selecting a film that we watched as children that we had not seen in a number of years. Uh, This is an idea that that Adam actually came up with several years ago. We've been talking about doing this forever. Mm. Um, we almost, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like we had an entire podcast kind of dedicated to this idea on this website <laughs> for a brief period of time. Oh, yeah. Never heard of it. Yeah, what was Never that? Ne- oh. Really? Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> um, listen, if you're not bringing in the dough, I mean, the, the hammer is going to come down. The guillotine is coming down on your podcast if you're not bringing in the dough on Two Cents or on uh, TooManyThoughtsMedia.com. <laughs> it's just how the way it is, okay? 
I mean, it was a phenomenal show. I respect auteurs and passion projects and shit, but we're all about the almighty dollar on this site. Uh, so we're doing movies from our childhood, and we're going to see if they hold up. And the name of the month is Nostalgist. <laughs> what? Nostalgist. 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 It's Nostalgist. You can't play the thriller. What do you think? It should be nostal. Nostalgust. I I see what you're trying to do on this one. Nostalgist. Okay. All right. What's a work in progress? Man, that was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. Nostalgist. All right. Nost- I'll, I'll it go needs with a little that. bit of work. Need a little bit of work. A little bit of work. Which draft is yeah, that, Nico? We'll work on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's. Seven, maybe? Seven? Jesus, seven? That's where you're at with your seventh draft? Oh my god. I was just trying to figure out hard or soft G. I mean, that was really most of the... I would love to hear your first draft. Uh, (laughs) If that's your seventh. Movies from our childhood month. Hmm. That was number one, yeah. And then it was child month. And then he's like, (laughs) Oh no. Oh no. Oh yeah, then it was I love children's movies month, uh, and that was a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> nostalgist, <laughs> nostalgist. It doesn't sound. It's not, it it's does, not staying. It does not roll off the come tongue. Back. You're gonna. I, I want you to come back next week with a different name. I think sound off in the Discord. I was just about to say that. Yes, we <laughs> okay. need to. We need to vote. Give us some ideas, guys, because we don't have them. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Let the people decide. Um. We're we're reaching back into the vault, much like Disney used to do. Remember when Disney would like lock movies in the vault? Yeah. This is before Disney Plus and like the fucking Loki show and everything. Before like everything was available all the time. They would like lock something away in the vault. Mm-hmm. And then thirty years later it'd be like, Oh, I can't wait to watch Lion King Two, Simba's Pride for the first time in my life. I'm now a forty five year old man. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that was a reach- great impression of a forty five year old man. That's right. we're reaching back into the vault and uh we're gonna see if our nostalgia is uh truly um all noise Ah. all fucking empty and soulless or if there was was something uh deeper to these movies that we loved as children Mm -hmm. um and maybe we'll also figure out who had the best taste as a child (laughs) who gives a shit (laughs) I would think not me. <laughs> Who had the best taste as a child? That's not the point of this. <laughs> well, I don't know. What would you say the point is, Adam? I don't know. I think it's. I think part of it is to learn like where it all started. You know, it's an extension of like the. And it, for for example, uh, when we did Anaconda, it was a very revealing film about Adam Hall. Unfortunately. Um, mm. And I, I'm sure you guys got a kick out of that. I know Nico certainly did. And I hope that this, you know, you know, offers like somewhat of a window into like, I don't know, my my leanings, my interests, what I found to be fun as a child. You know, it's not so much about taste because these movies are all going to be pretty universally mediocre to bad, I would imagine. Yeah, I don't know. But maybe I don't know. Maybe we'll discover that they're actually pretty good. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's possible. Now, I will say, uh. On the aforementioned 
podcast on this website. Uh, it was called Nostalgia Plus. Nostalgia Plus. plus. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> That's a minus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that show, what made... So, I mean, ultimately, that was a, uh, a vain project for Daniel to force us all to watch Gargoyles, the hit 1995 cartoon. Yes. The heaven's gate of this podcast, of this wow. website. Wow. You know? That's bad. Wow. That's <laughs> bad, dude. We did watch some other unique movies from the rest of our childhood. And what made that so interesting, actually, was the fact that all of us are very different ages, mm-hmm. that, that crew. Mm-hmm. And so our childhoods fell on very different timelines. Mm-hmm. Whereas for the three of us, we were all born in the same year. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that there will be quite a lot of overlap here. I, yeah. well, for example, I, I don't know. Adam, Adam yeah. picked Small Soldiers here. I right. picked Small Soldiers. That I also... Uh, a movie that I also find near and dear to my heart. I oh, love this movie as a child. That's great. Uh, that's I watched this movie all the time as a kid. Me too. I actually revisited this film about five years ago. Really? Okay. Or something like that. Five or six years ago, me and one of my friends randomly were hanging out, and he's like, Small Soldiers popped it on. We watched the whole thing beginning to end. Wow. It's been a long time. I think we we talked about this in the in, in our, our chat. I think Nico said something like 15 years. I don't know if it's been that long, but it's been close to it for how long it's been since I last saw this movie. Uh, and I've seen, like, you know, occasionally I'll get recommended, like, a clip on YouTube or something, but I this I did rewatch it for the first time in its entirety uh, just the other night for the first time in probably 10 years. Yeah, probably 10 years. It was, yeah. It was very weird. So... <laughs> I, I okay, so I, at least it's it's good that we're all starting at the same point. We were all born in 1995, just to give everyone an idea. We're all uh, 27 or turning 27 this year. Um, so the 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 key area we're really we're talking about here is 2000 to 2005. I think that's probably the point, at least the for Shrek me. Shrek era, yeah. yeah. If you want to call it that, sure. That's what it is. That's what it is. What else? I mean, Shrek, come on. <laughs> so what else are you gonna call it? But that's really the five year span, at least in my life, where I'm I'm first of all, I'm watching movies. I'm watching like cinematic movies. I'm going to the theater with my parents. Um, I'm not necessarily developing a taste per se, but I'm at least like identifying what I think looks cool. Um, I am, uh, you know, swayed by advertising. Definitely, you know, and I am Go to McDonald's s- to get the the toy, the toys certainly. Yep. yep. Um, and and I'm seeking out the movies that you know I think generally reflect what I'm interested in. Before 2000, you know, I'm watching whatever Blues Clues and Barney and shit. And then after 2005, I'm looking for movies that other people think is cool. I think mm-hmm. that's generally how it goes. Like when you become a teenager or like a tween or something like 11 or 12 you're, you're like it's it's all about what's the hot thing what's the next big thing and so like around 2005 i'm watching a lot of superhero movies you know uh i saw the dark knight when i was 13 2008 um so yeah 2000 2005 that's an interesting time period where i think we're gonna learn something about the three of us and what the <laughs> three of us were into because i I'll just uh, 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 not bury the lead here. I'll just come out and say it. I had not seen Small Soldiers. Uh, I remember it being on ABC Family a lot. I remember (laughs) flipping through the channels and just skipping it. Not interested. Uh, Um, Was not an action figure guy. Why? This is a very fascinating thing about you, Nika. I don't 
you know, because we're, we're kind of at that ripe age, it seems like. I, I see a lot of kids now that don't play with action figures as much, and we're one of the last generations, I would say, that really, you know, still dug into that, and it was near and dear to us. Why weren't you an action figure guy? Um... And don't over oh, intellectualize. Don't over intellectualize it. Like, I don't know if we have the time to unpack it. I, I don't really know. I, I just <sighs> didn't find them that cool. My brother loved action figures. He had all you know the rescue heroes and the GI Joes and all that shit. He liked dinosaurs. He, he loved playing with dinosaurs, dinosaurs too, yeah. and having the fucking you know the the GI Joes fight the T Rex. Uh, no, I was I I collected shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I collected like a. Uh, I, I loved Blue's Clues growing up, so I used to collect like the notebooks. You know, okay. I loved games. <laughs> um, I loved having board games. Uh, this is around the time I started collecting business cards. Holy shit! <laughs> None of those businesses are still in business either. I I should have saved this for when I lie to you. I don't know if I've ever told this story, but when I, I was I've like, I've never heard this. In my I life. Am, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I'm thinking about like the the birthday party where it's like. Why don't you invite Nico and like like play with your toys? Uh, he and then he brings over business cards and <laughs> Blues Clues notebooks. <laughs> Where's your dinosaurs? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I have no answer for you. I was a really weird kid. It's I don't very, know what to fucking tell it's you. Very sad. <laughs> no, like I had. I mean, I still have OCD. I wonder if that's yeah. part of it. Like I loved organizing things. Like, I loved making lists of things. Like, I was really into TV. I was watching a shit ton of TV. And I liked making lists of, like, all the episodes of (laughs) each cartoon that I watched. (laughs) And I had a fucking accordion folder. I'm not making this up. I had an accordion folder where I would just, like, put these random lists into the corresponding folders. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, labeled A to Z. So like I would I had like a briefcase and I would like put all my paperwork in the briefcase and the paperwork would just be like, you know, fucking SpongeBob characters. This is what I did. I didn't care about action figures. I didn't like (sighs) I didn't enjoy playing with toys. Wow. That's just I was all about Legos. That was that was it. Legos was the shit. Bionicles was Legos were cool, I guess. I I never really got that much into them. I like I I played with Legos like they were action figures. That's what I did. I I loved yeah 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 I did the same thing I loved my my yeah. Legos I did like action figures I I I loved my action figures I loved my dinosaurs uh what else Jesus and then I would I make fucking hated dinosaurs I'm just gonna put that out didn't there like dinosaurs dinosaurs are fucking overrated uh they're overrated oh jeez they're overrated Damn. everybody's who gives a fuck about dinosaurs okay, but Nick 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 you need you need your little <laughs> dude action figure to fight the dinosaur dude. They need to. They need to go at it, or like a Godzilla action figure. Come on, Ugh. come on, lame. lame. Whatever, lame. Whatever. God, you guys. <laughs> that's my. That's my hill, and I'm dying on <laughs> your, it. Your childhoods. I don't know. I don't know about no, that. I, 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 honestly, you want to know what I was doing? I swear to God, I would watch the commercials for toys, and they'd be like, "Fucking the Crusher it be, be, beats up uh, Mister Spikes for hands." Uh, <laughs> And I'd be like lame. And then a commercial would come on for the Easy Bake Oven. And I was like, hell yeah, I want that. <laughs> but I would never admit it because those are like girl toys, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> but I definitely wanted that. Oh, boy. Like I was so you- more into like practical things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What about the science toys where you like make candy out of Those goop? were cool. Those were cool. Yeah. That kind of shit. 
Yeah, those I was are definitely nice. into that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I guess I, I, I see now why Nico is struggling desperately to hold on to his youth because in his ripe old age of 27, he's realizing I never had a childhood. I never played with my dinosaurs. <laughs> maybe that's the problem. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe I need to go back and play with action figures. You, again. you need to take a year off and just mm. like go work at a uh, like a daycare yeah. mm. and just play with kids. <laughs> for a year <laughs> Nico I know what will solve all your problems play with kids go be a kid just go play with children <laughs> oh man <laughs> so anyway long story short I wasn't into action figures so here comes this movie Small Soldiers and it's about action figures and of course I didn't know what the social satire was underneath it all like I just was like oh whatever I don't I'm not really into this aesthetic you know and it, I don't think it's a coincidence that this movie comes only three years after Toy Story. Yep. And Toy Story, you know, breaks the world. It becomes one of the biggest animated movies ever. It, you know, just changes the entire game in terms of what you can do with CGI. Uh, it was a movie that I loved growing up. Oh, okay. How about we put it this way? I had a Woody doll. I didn't have a Buzz Lightyear. Does that make sense? Yeah. I fucking liked Woody. I liked the sort of the raggedy... You know, the 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 old fashioned cowboy modeled after Clint Eastwood and John Wayne. I can cuddle with him when I go to bed who has as the, opposed to Buzz Lightyear, who's fighting aliens. Yeah, who, Woody from Toy Story, who also just so happens to have the personality of Woody Allen. It's a uh, <laughs> it's a lot. A lot of things are making sense here. Uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> would, that's what it is. Would it shock you oh. to, if I told you that I happen to have all the action figures from this movie? Because I did. No, it would not shock me. It I, would not would shock it, me at all. I, I did. Shock you to know that I had. <laughs> uh, not me, actually, my cousin, but I would go there to play all the time, too. He had uh, at least like four of the action figures from this movie. Wow. Wow. All yeah. Gorgonites, I believe. I love the Gorgonites. Yeah, the Gorgonites were my, were my shit. I think I I didn't have all the uh, Commando elites, but the Gorgonites. Yeah, I was like, those guys are just the, yeah. The we shit. had Archer. We had the yep. one with the big boulder for a hand. Mm-hmm. The one with the weird long eyes. Yeah, I love o- Ocula. I had a uh, uh, punch yeah. it. You know, uh, the Belch guy. I had that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah, bunch of them. Right. And little did you know, like, again, how satirical all this stuff was, that this is a well, movie sort of cutting down uh, the childhood obsession with toys and in some ways the adult obsession with toys. Yep. Yep. Well, no, it's also, it's, yeah, it's making fun of the fact that it itself is a marketing vehicle for toys. Yeah, it's one of those paradoxes of a movie. Very fitting for someone like uh, Joe Dante, too, who has kind of, you know, played around in the sandbox before with Gremlins 2 more specifically. Uh, Gremlins 1 as well. But, yeah, yeah, to a lesser extent, though. Um, this is, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it, it, revisiting this film, it kind of re- reminds me of, like, some of my, rela- my relationship with, like, Starship Troopers, where I, saw, I also saw Starship Troopers when I was not as young as this, but you know, fairly young. You know, I was I was probably like ten or eleven when I first saw Starship Troopers, and I just thought. <laughs> <laughs> and, um... <laughs> so this wasn't really. Uh... 
What's the childhood matter movie. with you? Anyway. What is the matter with you? I saw that yeah, movie. If Adam was picking a childhood movie, you really should have picked something a little more rated R. <laughs> Probably. I saw Aliens. I mean, this is PG-13. Yeah. Yeah, I saw this. I saw this movie when I was like probably four years old. Probably around four. I'm not sure I, I saw a PG-13 movie until I was like nine or ten. Wow. 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 Yeah. It, yeah. It was, it was pretty late. But no, the point I was making was that like as when I was younger, I see Starship Troopers and it's just like, oh, my God, it's army men shooting bugs and look at how cool this is. And then when I get older, I realize how fucked up it is that I actually liked that they were killing the bugs and how that's very much the point to be criticizing these people and to kind of look down upon them as stupid. Um, and yeah, I, I think that also just by the way, really quick, just it really shows how broken the moral compass of a child is. <laughs> that's a good point. Mm. How absolutely <laughs> immoral. And unable to make, like, the right decisions a child is. They are just evil creatures. Unless you're Nico, who wants easy bake ovens, I guess. But that's... that's and a, business cards. And business cards. business cards. Yeah. Well, I don't know, Nico. After American Psycho, I'm a little scared of business cards, so I don't know about that's you. That's a fair point. <laughs> Yo, that was... Exactly. That's what I was fucking doing. Look at the off-color egg white. <laughs> it even has a watermark. <laughs> it has a watermark in it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh my god. Um, yeah. So, so the paradox of this movie, of course, it's rated PG thirteen, uh, and Joe Dante was kind of caught off guard by this. According to him, the studio wanted him to make a sort of edgy picture for teenagers, but when the sponsor tie-ins came in the uh, in the when the when the sponsor tie-ins came in, I'm reading Joe Dante's direct quote now. In the new mandate was to soften it up as a kiddie movie. Too late, as it turned out. And there are elements of both approaches in there. Just before release, it was purged of a lot of action and explosions. So I mean, <laughs> it, it still gets a PG-13 rating. For a really stupid reason, uh, apparently it's the drugging scene. Is when the commando it? elites drug the parents, that's what pushed it over the edge. And if you look at like the MPAA... Uh, summarization in their in their rating box it actually says for mild drug references um okay but you know it, it's kind of this movie it's a tweener it's caught in the middle it's obviously geared towards children it stars children in the role and it, it includes like talking toys uh well, and it's not the, team the america world police but it is more violent than the average old. pixar movie you know the, yeah the, aren't the, the main characters are too old to be playing with toys i just want to put that out there yes i agree I, which I always found. It's just I, like it never struck me as correct that this kid would be interested in this action figure to begin with. I guess. Well, well. I'm 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 not sure he's interested in it for the reasons that uh, you know Andy from Toy Story is interested in his toys. Like he sees this as an opportunity to make a quick buck. Yes. At his dad's toy store. That's true. You know he wants to take over the family business and. You know, much like the military industrial complex, See, he sees a lot of money here. <laughs> I don't know, though, because like it's, it's it's really only the initial scene that strikes me the wrong way, because obviously once you figure out that a toy can talk back to you like that, I think anybody would be interested at that point. Yeah. <laughs> but but right. the stage where he asks the truck driver, hey, can a couple of these just fall off the truck? Like, I don't get the impression that he's being business savvy. I feel like he's like, I kind of want one to take home. Uh, they are pretty cool yeah, toys, I don't know. though, Nick. I don't know. They're pretty sweet toys. I like these toys. <laughs> Before we get too deep into the movie, I want to know, Nico, because you, obviously you're not into action figures and you never watched this movie as a kid. Do you regret that, having watched it now? Mm, good question. Do you wish that you watched this? I regret a lot of things from my childhood. Um, 
Okay. I didn't mean to be so dark okay. and dour. I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I just know if I watched it then, I wouldn't have been into it. It's just, it's not my vibe, and I wouldn't have gotten it. And, and you know, maybe it would have scared me off of other movies like it. You know what okay. I mean? Um, you know, I, I think I, I would have watched it and I would have been like, this is kind of a lamer version of Toy Story. Like Toy Story has all this imagination. Like I, I loved the idea that you could set an entire action sequence in a little kid's bedroom. You know, I liked the idea that the claw machine in the arcade is, you know, like some alien creature that can swallow you alive, you know, like I, I and that's why I loved Pixar movies growing up. It was taking the minutiae, was taking the minute and making it larger than life. Um, and, you know, I was thinking actually about this in relation to the later Pixar movies, because you watch a movie like Finding Dory and Finding Dory ends with an action sequence uh, involving a truck driving off of a bridge by like an octopus. <laughs> yes, the octopus is driving the truck and it falls off a bridge into a river beneath. And like you compare that to Toy Story 1 or I'm sorry, uh, Finding Nemo, the original, the uh, the prequel to Finding Dory where uh you know, a fish tank is Alcatraz. It's a fucking prison, you know? Um and I I felt like Small Soldiers, although I actually really like this movie. I think it's a really good movie. Mm. Um it ends with uh you know an apocalypse now reference with fucking tommy lee jones as an action figure <laughs> helicoptering in to, to a to a family's home and shooting them with tennis ball grenades <laughs> you know? and i i think there's something about the violence and over the topness of it all that i i don't think i would have embraced as a child no are you surprised okay. that I loved it so much as a child? And absolutely not. And, yes. And by the way, still love it now. It's a really good movie. It's, it's a really awesome. good movie. It's, it's a really, really good movie. It's a really good movie. Um one of the things that I've always super super distinctly remembered from this movie uh as a child one of the only like bands I was familiar with as a child was Queen because mm. it was one of those cd greatest hit cds that my dad always played on trips to maine or whatever uh long car rides and just every time that scene where the, another one bites the dust came on yeah. it was like as a kid one of the first times i recognized something from pop culture in a movie i was watching you mm. know what i mean i you were you felt like you were in on the joke so, yeah so yeah. so i have a, a weird like analogy to draw like my, the experience of rewatching this so when i like you know was I don't know maybe like 21 we went back and revisited our neighborhood in Maryland and we went to our neighbor's house that was still there and they still live there we said hello and trippy fucking experience by the way yeah but walking Going in back there, somewhere like yeah yeah but oh, it, yeah. it wasn't so much the 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 look of the place but the smell and as soon as like their house just like it was this weird mixture of food and cigarettes and just something about the upholstery it's just like what is that smell there's nothing else quite like it my um, best friend growing up uh she was um the daughter of a polish family oh. and whenever you would go to the house it would just reek of pierogies and <laughs> I, 
honestly, if I, I smelt that as like an air freshener in the car, it would trigger so many memories. Yes. No, but exa- exactly. And and it yeah. was a similar experience watching like the visuals of this movie paired with that. Another one bites the dust. It's just like back to like my 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 house in, in, in Maryland, just sitting on the carpet, all googly eyed at the screen. It's just Core like, memory. oh, my God, it was the weirdest <laughs> thing. It was the weirdest fucking thing. But really delightful knowing that like because I have. You know, re, you know, when I revisited Space Jam, it's it's one of those instances where it's like, yeah, it's not that good, you know, and you, you, you kind of accept it and you move on. And I was well, it's it's not even that it's not that good. It's just I, I think it, when I rewatched it, I expected that there was going to be more there. Like sure. I expected that there was going to be, you know, there were going to be references or ideas that would appeal to me as an adult. Oh, but really, it's ju- it's just the empty thrills that I got as a child. But th- but no, know? but this is the joy of going back to something like Small Soldiers and realizing, like, oh, this movie was way smarter than me and was saying totally. so so many things that I wasn't able to pick up on. And I'm just loving that even still. I'm 27 and I can still discover things in fucking Small Soldiers. It's awesome. Yeah. So this this movie is not widely considered to be like a good movie or success is it no had bad reviews at the time had bad reviews at the time roger ebert gave it a two and a half star review and that was actually one of the more positive ones uh cost him 40 million to make it was a dreamworks production early in the dreamworks uh um uh in the life cycle and i think only grossed 54 Okay. They made up for it with Shrek, so they're fine. But yeah, they they, they um, <laughs> striking gold with the same writers as this movie, by the way. But hold we'll on, a that second. that's see. not surprising. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing that's really interesting about this movie. This movie was appealing to like very young children. It was appealing to young teenagers, and here we are, three twenty-seven year olds, and the movie is appealing to us too. Yeah. I mean, what does that say for a movie that's considered a failure? It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I, I think at the time, and I, I know for a fact in Ebert's review, I'll read Ebert's review right now. I'll read a little excerpt of it. What bothered me most about Small Soldiers is that it didn't tell me where to stand, what attitude to adopt. In movies for adults, I like that quality. But here is a movie being sold to kids with a lot of toy tie-ins and ads on the children's TV channels. Below a certain age, they like to know what they can count on. When Barbie clones are being sliced and diced by a lawnmower, are they going to understand the satirical purpose? Well, obviously fucking not, Roger, but who gives a shit? You know, like, that, it's just, that's such a bad take. It's like, these are the best kinds of movies the ones that work as sort of an empty thrill ride and then as you grow up as you mature with the movie um the ideas uh, become more apparent to you yep um i i love the sort of moral ambiguity of this mm-hmm. uh, I, I i love the idea that you know burger king was afraid to to sell the the merchandise as part of their happy meals you know and that was like a big controversy at the time burger king like uh spent like 10 million dollars to put small soldier toys in their kids meals and when they found out it was a pg-13 rating they were they 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 threw a, a tantrum and they're like we can't do this so they ended up offering to like offended parents mr potato head toys <laughs> as a replacement to the small soldier toys because the the fucking small soldier toys had guns and knives and fucking machetes and, and they used them so, too that's the other thing they actually use those crazy. knives and machetes <laughs> i don't i cannot imagine a single parent in 2022 being upset by a pg-13 rating in the same way as like when we were kids yes yeah I am agree. i crazy no, I mean all of no. Disney Plus is PG thirteen. I mean the biggest movies on the planet are PG thirteen. I take them to go see spot. Yeah, you you take your 
like six year old kid to go see the Avengers. Well, that's exactly it. You know, are, are you going to tell your kid no to when he when he's screaming at you saying, I want to go see, you know, Iron Man? No, of course not. So, so maybe that's the, like Marvel made it a little bit easier, a little more approachable because there was a time where PG-13, you know, wasn't R, but it was still some pretty gnarly shit. I mean, right. I mean <laughs> on a slightly different note here, I mean, Logan is on Disney Plus <laughs> is right that now. right? Oh, no. <laughs> it became Deadpool's the first. Deadpool's on there, too. Yeah, yeah Deadpool true. and Logan at the Both same time. Deadpool movies are on there. Yeah. First, yeah. Uh, first rated R movies. Yeah, <laughs> open to kids. <laughs> so I think there was a lot of anxiety about where does this movie belong. Yeah, and well, it, were, and it doesn't. And the critics quite didn't fit know, anywhere. You know, and, and so obviously it, it it's got a forty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes still to this day. Um, so yeah. the people that liked it liked it, but the people that didn't get it killed it. And uh, it's hard to sell a movie like that. Sure. Clearly, it really. But, I mean, is for kids like sh- you guys, I mean, it it does it does eventually find its audience. It kind of becomes a cult yeah. classic on cable, but. It, it really is a shame, ca- though. Yeah, yeah. C- cable. What you're allowed to do is, first of all, you censor the movies a little bit, mm-hmm. so you know uh, you can get away with, um, you know, putting a PG-13 movie on Nickelodeon. Um, but also, parents aren't paying attention. That's the thing. When you go to the theater, you have to like sell your parents. It's worth <laughs> paying ten dollars to go see this thing, yeah. and they're going to sit next to you and watch the whole thing with you. If the TV's babysitting you, you can get away with watching some gnarly ass shit. Mm-hmm. You know, you can watch Skinamax if you're up late enough. <laughs> and so I think that's part of why Small Soldiers ends up finding its audience. Adam, put your hand down. <laughs> Speaking of the music supervision, by the way, uh, Nick, because you brought up uh, Queen. Uh, there, there's definitely a lot of references in here, but there's also a, a really awesome soundtrack. I yeah, mean, great score. Yeah, really good. The, uh, I don't know if score is really the right no, word. Well, we, actually, I can talk soundtrack. about the score. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a surprisingly wonderful score by Jerry Goldsmith, who did like Chinatown, the original Planet mm-hmm. of the Apes. One of the greats. One of the, one of the all-time yeah, greats. Yeah, one of the Jerry all-time great. yeah. The last movie he did was <laughs> the a guy who did Chinatown. Did this? Yep. Yeah, small soldiers. Swear to God, he did the Omen. <laughs> something about that is really funny. Well, he was great. I mean, did Gremlins? He also did Gremlins. He's he's a really okay. good friend of Joe Dante. The last movie that he did was Joe Dante's uh, Looney Tunes back in action. So okay, <laughs> he hasn't worked since then. He died. He, he died. Now? Yeah, he's yeah, he passed oh, away. Oh, he died. Yeah, yeah. Man, but this is a great score. And on re- revisiting it, I'm like, God, this slaps. This is good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he never really put in a bad score though. He was always great. So. Uh, meanwhile, you got fucking Pat Benatar, you got Rush, you got Cheap Trick, mm-hmm. uh, Zeppelin is used in one of the more iconic sequences in the whole movie, uh, Kirsten Dunst, uh, to your point about these kids being too old for toys, like, Kirsten Dunst has a Zeppelin poster hanging in her bedroom yep. <laughs> next to her Barbie dolls, um, so yeah, they shell out, man, and, and they definitely... And that's what I love about the movie. They don't underestimate the audience's intelligence, even if it's targeted at, at children. They they trust that either the adults watching are going to get it or eventually the kids are going to get it. They're going to catch up to the movie. They're going to age out of that demographic and and really respect it. And, you know, I, I would imagine uh, you guys at age seven didn't understand the Apocalypse Now reference. No. Uh, but now you Although, watch you know, it. I will say that music that like, I think even as a kid, I knew that. You th- or not, as like a, flight of the as Valkyrie. Like, as like an Valkyrie. army thing. Like I knew it was like somewhat army adjacent. It was probably featured in like 
all sorts of cartoons as a kid. You might think so of like, like those you, are, you might associate it with helicopters. I, I might even have as a kid, not yeah. necessarily Apocalypse Now, but every time I hear that song, I'm like, where are the helicopters coming from? Yeah. Right, right. I get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I there's, will, there's so many, it's so funny how there's so many references that like as kids, we never understood the original source, but we saw it enough times that we knew there was, it, there was a joke. Yep. Yep. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that to Some me is that. one of those. Yep. Even I don't get it, but someone gets it, and that must mean it's funny. Well, that, <laughs> right. but, but there's even like more like super super subtle that aren't even trying to be like funny or winky, where it's like the like for example, Gizmo is referenced in this, and that's that's on, only referencing Joe Dante's you know previous work, and that's it. And it's not even drawing attention to itself; it's just there, which I found kind of mm-hmm. it's an Easter egg, purely. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, and you have you know like uh, Frankenstein references. Yeah, uh, the Bride of Frankenstein is uh, explicitly referenced in that Barbie sequence. Um, uh, you know you have the the Star Wars looking monster, like uh you know from the original Star Wars when they're in the fucking uh, garbage disposal. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, a, one of the 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 monsters is kind of modeled directly after the Tasmanian Devil. There's the patent um, reference. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. There's the patent, patent reference. reference is just fucking weird. There's a Titanic <laughs> reference. Uh, uh-huh. Oh God. Yeah. There's a there's a ton of them. Yeah. I like it though. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have this behind the scenes stuff of who plays the Commando Elite yeah. and who plays um, the the uh, Gorgonites. 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 Yeah. Gorgonites. Uh, you have almost the entire living cast of the Dirty Dozen. Mm. Playing the Commando Elite: George Kennedy, Jim Brown, Ernest Borgnine, Clint <laughs> Walker, uh, all play uh, one of the Commando Elites. The only two exceptions are Tommy Lee Jones and Bruce Dern. Tommy Lee Jones plays the head uh, Commando Elite, mm-hmm. and then the Gorgonites are played by the cast of uh, This Is Spinal Tap. Yep, Christopher Guest, Michael McKeon, and <laughs> Harry Shearer. <laughs> and then you have Frank Langella and uh, Jim Cummings also playing uh, two of those other characters. Yeah, you mentioned so, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, Dunst is top build in this. 16 years old when this came out. Is that right? She was top. Tommy Lee Jones has got to be top build, right? No. What? Dunst, top build in this movie. I I guess coming off of Interview with the Vampire, I guess that was like her star making role. And she's uh, she's really hot at the time. She's uh, she's popping. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you mean career wise, right? Yes, Nick, career wise. Just making sure, you know. This movie came out in 2000, it'd be a different conversation, but, you know, it came out in 98, Nico. So. Uh, I also looked into our uh, lead, Gregory Smith, playing Alan Abernathy. Yeah. I was curious what else he was in. Uh, Hobo uh, with a Shotgun, one of his top four roles yeah. on IMDb. He is in that. He was, Holy shit. He was slick. He was in The Patriot. Yeah, I recognize he was him in The Patriot. Everwood, and my favorite, he was in Designated Survivor. Wow. Who does he play in Designated Survivor? I don't know. <laughs> I just it was a one episode Desi- thing. I just love Designated Survivor. Great. Show. Uh, I'm, let me find out who he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those are those are our two uh, kids. Um, you also have David Cross and Jay Moore who play these toy executives who put uh, microchips into action figures mm-hmm. to make them act like they do in the commercials. Uh, an order given directly by Dennis Leary, who plays a defense contractor. Yes. Who buys a toy company. 
And he's like, I just I want to see what would happen if a toy could actually do what they do in the commercial. Mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, Jay Moore, who is, I think, the, it's supposed to represent the more warmongering of, of uh, this duo, says we're, we're going to fucking use military grade technology. Uh, and David Cross, <laughs> who's like the more pacifistic one, is like, no, it's, you know, let's uh, let's just uh, send out these uh, Gorgonites. They're nice, kind, wholesome figures. Um <laughs> And uh, yes, uh, all hell breaks loose, so to speak. Yes, I love that opening sequence where they're getting where put together. You're seeing where they're making the toys <gasps> and they're putting the chips in them. That is one of the coolest opening credit sequences of like a kids' movie. So um, I've I've talked about this. Uh, I don't know when I referenced it, but like a long time ago when I saw like the secret of nymph when I was a little bit older and there's this opening sequence where the, the guy is like writing on the paper and like the letters are glowing and it just like brings back everything. That's that moment in this movie that like really sets me off. Like, Oh my God, I remember how satisfying this opening sequence was as a kid and it's still satisfying now. It's so cool. And just the way they click together with the lasers and then like the 3d printing with the gel when it's going up. Oh, it's just so, so, so memorable. Oh, loved it. And one of the best parts, it, it still looks good today. Yeah. Like a lot of times, like when they try to do futuristic t- technology in the 90s, it just looks dumb. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. This movie, for the most part, kind of nails it. Yeah, it's campy enough, I think, where it can like when when you see, a, you know, a character typing on a keyboard sort of haphazardly and random lights start flashing on the computer screen. It sort of makes sense within the logic of the movie. Sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and also like you just whatever they're military chips that make uh, things smarter. <laughs> I, like whatever, I'll, I'll I buy it. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Yeah. It's not really too concerned about the technology at the time. But it's I mean, not that's distracting at all. Yeah, no, I mean that's really. Dante though. Like da- Dante's production design is just so gorgeous, um, and his worlds are so lived in mm-hmm. that you you sort of you go with it. You, you just go with wherever the story is going to take you. I'm sort of astonished um, by him as as a director, though, because he has a, obviously has a clear love for like Looney Tunes logic. And they're kind of in most of the films that I've seen by him, honestly, uh, even mm-hmm. da- even down to his entry in the Twilight Zone film. It's just kind of Looney Tunes. But and, yeah, there's that funny incorporation of like the real world and also the insane and fantastical. But the other thing I'm always fascinated by is just. Uh, he's he's got like a great entourage of people to work with. Like there's a lot of Joe Dante regulars in this that clearly just adore the guy, you know, right? He, the, just the fact that he could get someone like Jerry Goldsmith to do the score continuously through, through, throughout his filmography. I mean, like he's a really like beloved figure, surprisingly, even though like he makes very, I don't know, they're, they're, they're like, they're, what would you do? call these films they're not i don't i don't consider them disposable but they're not like high a grade fare you know they're they're lowbrow i guess they're yeah. lowbrow you know i and i that's totally fine i think he sort of models himself after roger corman he's kind of from the roger corman school of he thought, is he literally is, is. literally he is he yeah, came from roger, roger, roger corman, corman. <laughs> yeah came directly from roger corman <laughs> But also, you know, started making, uh, you know, B-movies, did Piranha as yeah. uh, this one of his first features, um, and then sort of uh, graduates into the Hollywood system and keeps making movies like that. Yeah. Um, he's not afraid to make movies aimed at children, obviously. Um, I think he's kind of a, a child at heart in that way. And it has is kind of now considered the filmmaker, the children's filmmaker, at least of that era. You know what I mean? In a way, uh, in a way, yeah. 
guys like uh, Joe DeFeo, a frequent guest friend of the program, loves movies like this. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, loves that sort of campy, uh, a lot of times involving puppets, movies involving puppets. Um, <laughs> Joe, now this movie, I think, it involves uh, puppets for at least a third of it. I think the other two thirds were CGI. Um, but there's a sort of practical tactile nature to these things they don't take themselves too seriously but they also have something to say and at their core no and that's that's the big thing I, I also wanted to mention kind of the distinction between this and something like god I don't even know what a modern comp would be because they just don't really make movies like this anymore um, but I love that this movie like even though it is for children it doesn't it's it it doesn't treat the children like idiots, strangely. Like, it has a lot of respect for all facets of the audience. And it just makes a really good movie. Like, at the end of the day, it's just really, really well made. Because so, I've seen a lot of movies where, like, people make excuses for it. And it's like, oh, it's for kids. It's like, yeah, but it's terrible. <laughs> it's, like, really poorly made and it's disrespectful. Yeah, that, does, yeah. that doesn't work anymore in today's world. I mean, with we, we could talk about Pixar here a little yeah. bit. But, like, they've there are a lot of movies that have rewritten that rule where you can make a good movie. That is for kids. Yeah. Yeah. And this is one of them. And it's such a shame that it really blows my mind that this is considered a bad movie. It's not a bad movie at all. At all. It's not. It's really good. <laughs> it's, it's so really good. good. <laughs> so. Um, all right. Let's get into more of the specifics here. We mentioned most of the cast. Um, loved, you know, the entire voice cast um, and, and loved that there was a sort of uh, Hollywood referentiality to their casting decisions. Yeah. Uh, initially... Dante wanted the cast of Predator to do the commando. <laughs> I see it. He wanted Schwarzenegger and Shane Black and Carl Weathers and Ventura to do it. Um, but uh, he had to settle for the cast of Dirty Dozen. I, I think Predator, that would have been a lot more of an obvious piece of satire. You know, like uh, you're <laughs> yeah. I mean, the you don't Tommy need... Lee Jones character is already modeled after Arnold. So you don't have to literally have Arnold doing the voice. Yeah, acting. But also, you don't need to do a satire on Predator because it's already a satire. So I don't know. Right. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, whatever. It's a bit. Not that this movie isn't obvious about its commentary, but no, um, but tastefully. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah like elegantly. So even though it's 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 obvious, it still kind of works. Yeah. Uh, you also have Phil Hartman in this movie. <laughs> In his last role, his last on-screen appearance before uh, getting murdered in 1998, who I fucking love in this. I love Phil Hartman in everything. Yeah, Uh, me too. I I love him in Jingle All the Way. Uh, I'm a big Lionel Hutz fan. He's one of my favorite Simpsons characters. I fucking love Lionel Hutz. (laughs) I didn't realize- Saul Goodman before Saul Goodman, you know? (laughs) I didn't realize this was his last role. Yeah. Last role, yeah. I uh. think he he was actually uh, murdered before um, before the movie premiered. It was like in between the filming and the premiere. Did his wife murder him? Wife murdered him and then killed herself. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading about this. Holy yeah. whoa! I did yeah. not because I didn't know that he died yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a whole story. It's a Oof. whole like saga. That's yeah, terrible. Bad marketing for Buca de Beppo, by the way. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just Wikipedia opens with on May 27th they went to Buca de Beppo to get some food and then they went home and then she killed him. I'm like why are we keeping fuck? that in there? Why are we throwing Buca de Beppo under the bus here? <laughs> <laughs> poor. Oh, she man, was like poor, a poor she, she was like a 
uh, a cocaine addict or something. She had like had uh, she problems. was on she was on Zoloft, had been drinking alcohol, and had recently used cocaine. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. good lord! Okay. Now I remember there was a whole story like because John Lovitz accused Andy Dick of getting uh, Phil Hartman's wife back onto cocaine. So like John Lovitz for years would like fight Andy Dick when they were like at comedy clubs together. There was one time he like slammed his head into like the bar top or something. Holy shit. It's like a whole thing. It's one of those weird pieces of, of Hollywood lore. Damn. Uh, not to be too much of a downer, but yeah, the Phil Hartman, his last performance. I, I, I just fucking, I love this guy. I just love his voice. I love when he says, I think World War II might be my favorite war. Oh yeah, it's the best. <laughs> Such a good line. It's the fucking best. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, just a great cast. Kevin Dunn shows up as the the father, uh, a big HBO actor. You'd recognize him from Veep and yep, uh, yep. True Detective and a bunch of other things. Um, and uh, yeah, it, just a lot of fun action set pieces. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, there, there's a scene where a toy gets uh, dismembered by a bicycle. Uh, there are, uh, you know, staple guns being shot at people and into, uh, into legs. That's the, uh, uh, corn on the cob skewers. I wanted to. Oh, that's the best. That's another, right. another one of those images where it's like, oh God, even as a kid, there's a, there's a, there's, there's two shots in particular where it's like, even as a kid, I just remember how painful it was and how like, I'd never seen anything quite like that in a movie. It's the corn cob, uh, skewers in the leg and it's, uh, the, the little, uh, scalpel in Alan's hand when he's climbing up the 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 the, the telephone pole when Major Chip Hazard's stabbing him. That always he just stabs him with a scalpel. Yeah, it's like oh god, it's terrible. That that was also like those corn cob things were like something. My grandmother had those exact corn cob holders. We had them too. As, yeah, yeah. And there's just yeah. something about seeing something like from your regular life in a movie like that. Yeah, oh, that's especially as a weapon. Well, but no, but but especially like as you got as I got older, I realized like those actually weren't that common. Like not everybody's household had those weird corn cob holders. (laughs) So the fact that they used that kind of fairly obscure instrument in this movie, I guess, really was a way to connect with me personally a lot more. Mm. It's just little things like that sometimes, you know, I see. see. Dare I say, Adam, this is a, a movie about stabbing. Could be. The film is literally about stabbing. <laughs> a lot of stabbing. Surprising amount of stabbing. stabbing. I know. Yeah. I, know. I, was, I was like on rewatch too. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, this is a violent movie. It's <laughs> a really oh, yeah. violent movie. <laughs> I mean, the third act of this movie is fucking gonzo. It's like, it is crazy. It is but it's running so over good. toys with the lawnmower. Oh, the my, riding lawnmower. God. oh my God, I, dude. <laughs> Just the so, lawnmower is so good. It just brought me right back to the happening. Oh, it's yeah. the best. But but it, the movie just doesn't like. It doesn't even draw like. It doesn't make like this big like cinematic moment. It's just like, and then there's a lawnmower, and then we hear the screams of all these Barbies, and you see the you see their legs going flying up in the yeah, air. It's crazy. Oh, oh man. man, yeah. I mean, all, all that stuff from the moment that Phil Hartman is given the uh, sleeping pills to the end of the movie. I, I mean, it's it's a war movie. That's when the apocalypse yeah. now uh, reference happens. I love the small of polyurethane in the morning. I believe is the direct yep. quote. Yep, yep, yep. 
Um, yeah, it, it, the, the tennis balls, um, is just such a great visual gimmick. Um, so much invention here. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, if this is not toys. I mean, this, this is a hard R movie, you know, if this is people, uh, it's saving private Ryan, uh, but instead it's toys. They can sort of get away with it. That's true. Again, I do not know how I would have reacted to this when I was a kid. I, I'm curious to know because um, yeah. I don't think I would have embraced it in the same way you guys did. I don't see a young Nico loving this movie. Yeah. No, definitely not. I, I just uh, came across the voices for the Gwendy dolls, which were the, the Barbie dolls. Uh-huh. Apparently they were voiced by Sarah Michelle Geller and Christina Ritchie. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. Oh no! This cast was stacked. It is when you really look cast. at it. Everything about this movie is just like a well put together movie down to the cast. That's the thing. Yeah. And listen, everything with those dolls—that is legit old school Roger Corman horror. Yes. Right there. Yeah. It is. You know, the, first of all, the the monster movie aspects, the sort of references to Frankenstein, are brilliant and they're really well shot, and really well put together. Um, and it's. It's genuinely chilling. You know, obviously you're watching it now and you're like, all right, I don't know if these dolls would be able to overpower like grown people. Like there's no way like they would be able to tie up a child and throw them in the closet. But no. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's something about dolls moving and uh, and talking in creepy ways. And yeah, that that is definitely unsettling no matter how many times mm-hmm. you see it. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. I mean, there's a lot of like really cool genre stuff here. Yeah. Tons of genres. Yeah. You love your genre blendings, Nico. Certainly. Who doesn't? No, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I love Certainly it. not Ebert. Yeah. <laughs> it is a strange review. Like I I don't I don't I don't get it. Uh, he did, um, well, did he not like the Gremlins movies? Probably not. I could imagine. I imagine he didn't like Gremlins too. That would be my guess. Yeah. Yeah. My guess if, if I'm going to read the mind of Roger Ebert now. I think he liked Gremlins too. He thought it was like a a, a charming Spielbergian romp, <laughs> and then he thought the original Gremlins, and then Gremlins two was like, you know, too much of a mess. Ah, uh. <laughs> let's see. Gremlins two review the new batch by Roger Ebert, two and a half stars. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's the same rating as this. Yeah, uh, the original three stars. Ah. He liked it slightly more. And well, see, he need to talk with Leonard Fucking Malton Ebert. about that one. Leonard Malton hated the first one, loved the second one. That's funny. Ebert's so predictable yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, he is. Oh. Um, uh, let's see. As we mentioned, this was um, uh, a DreamWorks production. This is in the early days of DreamWorks when Spielberg is still making movies for them. Uh, before they had really just become an animation house. And it's written by four people, Gavin Scott, Adam Rifkin, Ted Elliott, and Terry Rossio. The the two latter screenwriters uh, are the minds behind Shrek. They wrote uh, Shrek uh, for DreamWorks several years later. Makes perfect sense. I think sense. It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Sort of a more mature, crude, animated movie. That one actually got a PG rating, though. Uh, and as we know, Shrek went on to just change the whole game. Uh, also wrote the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. They did? The early Pirates of the Cari- yeah, Caribbean ah, movies. Yep. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Huh. Um, what are the little pieces of uh, of uh, factoids that I want to put in here? Oh, uh, Stan Winston's puppets uh, are used throughout. I, I, I did find 
something to be desired with the CGI sequences. I, I really like the puppetry. I like the practicality. I, I think the movie kind of shows its age, though, when it goes to CGI animation. It kind of goes in and out. I mean, there's there's times where the CGI looks actually pretty good because, you know, the texture work on a doll is not the same as on a human. It's actually much easier to do CGI for stuff like that. Uh, but then there are other instances where it's like, oh, oh, yeah, that animation, yeah, it's, a little, it's a little weak. Yeah. I don't think it's ever like... like specifically when the commandos are like spinning around as they're going haywire yeah sure 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 that looks really bad <laughs> i mean but. it's i mean it's not deep lucy but uh but you know it's it's it, it it's it's funny to say that this movie does better with its cgi than deep lucy <laughs> 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 but it definitely does so yeah uh not not exactly king kong though deep lucy <laughs> no <laughs> no <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, some, some funny jokes there for the grownups when the mom asks, uh, the son, are you on crank? I loved that shit. <laughs> oh, that be honest with me. Are you on crank? Yeah, that was the best. <laughs> Everything in that scene too with the garbage disposal is quite disturbing. Yes, it like, is. They're about to put the the lead Gorgonite into the garbage disposal and the- I mean, just a great piece of innovation, but also, ugh. The sound of the little the little wire cutter saw that that slices um, uh, Alan's hand in that oh god yeah that's another thing where it's just like geez what's this movie doing you know they they should this should not be in a kids film um, I also love the joke at the very end where every everyone's houses and property is destroyed and then there comes Dennis Leary like, with a check oh this is great thank you very check. much <laughs> you can't possibly have enough money to cover our house oh well, that'll do well, it maybe you do uh, maybe you can <laughs> which in and of itself is a great little bit of social commentary too that I, I really love too I just uh, it's really smart. yeah no there's some, definitely some interesting ideas here you have Dante's old shtick of you know how commercialism corrupts um, yep. and how you know these companies were able to sell war to a populace they're able to sell something that evil to children but also this idea that you know boyish desires for violence uh die hard you know and uh, a lot of grown-ups grow up with that same sort of ethos and will continue to not only uh, fight wars but profit off of them that's true. Uh, there's some really <laughs> interesting anti-war stuff in here for sure mm-hmm. um you know how easy it is to make a quick buck um, just selling this shit to kids. Um, but of course, that is the paradox, right? It's a movie that you guys loved as children and embraced and had all the action figures too. But at the same right. time, it's a movie about how evil action figures can be. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> which, which I love it though. Oh, it's it's yeah, it's a it's a total fucking blast. Just beat for beat, this movie just rocks and sings, and oh, I love it. But it's funny, you know. I I look back on it, it's like my love for toys. When it went from like, you know, my action figures killing each other to me shooting a bunch of things in video games and chopping heads off and stuff like that in video games. So there is <laughs> the progression of that is kind of funny when I think about it. It's like, oh, yeah, look at that. Right. Just stop the progression there, please. You want yeah. me to stop? What? <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, just don't. You don't need to take that any further. Then. Don't start strangling to... puppies. Or oh whatever. yeah, gotta, yeah. There's, there's a whole pile of dead animals in my backyard, guys. That oh I just, my I love. I love to play with occasionally. <laughs> Jesus Christ! The difference between your childhood and mine, I guess. Uh... <laughs> yeah, Nico just put all of the dead animals inside of an easy bake oven that's the difference oh god (laughs) here's your meat pies (laughs) jesus christ uh all right 
I gotta go. Let's play a game. Okay. Drew Carries. Should we go Dunst? Dunst? I feel like Dunst would be a would be a intriguing one, right? Top build. Yeah. I guess we should. I mean, she's probably the biggest star. Unless still like working. Unless we plan on doing Power of the Dog one of these days. I don't imagine we will. You don't think we will? I will not watch that movie again. (laughs) Oh, I thought you loved it, Nick. That that movie fucking blows. (laughs) Joe Dante's not really an option, right? I mean, he's kind of just in TV land now. Yeah, he doesn't do as much anymore, unfortunately. I'd love to see him do more. So fucking sad. Like, these transgressive filmmakers disrupt Hollywood, and now they're just, like, making CSI episodes. Yeah. What was the last thing he did? Bearing the X, I think. That was the last thing he um, made. I think that's right. I think he did a, a segment of Nightmare Cinema as well. All right. Which I did not see, but I heard was very good. I love yeah, Looney Tunes back then. Yeah. yeah, that's an underrated <laughs> film. He did 10 episodes of Hawaii Five O. Oh my God. Really? <laughs> oh my God. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> This is an evil industry. Yeah. CSI New York, one episode. This is an evil industry that deserves all the bad that happens to it. But like, everyone loves Joe Dante in the industry. Yes. I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't get he it. He also did uh, one episode of Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai this year. Apparently, that's a TV show. There's a new Gremlin show out? Apparently. What? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's uh, coming soon, yeah. That's insane to me. Okay. All right. Looks animated. Yeah, it is. No, thanks. Uh, all right, Dunst. I will say uh, 30 million-ish. 30, 30 mil? mil? 30 mil. 30 How much is Drew Carey worth again? 300 cents. Mm-hmm. Okay. $3. Okay. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I don't know why I said it that way, but... Tough math there. Fifteen rupee. <laughs> <laughs> rupee. Oh boy. Kirsten Dunst married to uh, one of my favorite actors working, Jesse Plemons. She's married to Jesse Plemons. They are married now. Yes. That is a weird relationship. Wow. Met on the set of Fargo and are happily married. Huh. Okay. Wow. I guess I see it. What do you think, Adam? I will go 31 million. You dick. (laughs) I'll say 29 million. (laughs) You guys are such assholes. Oh, I hope I nail this. (laughs) That'd be the best. Oh, and I hate you guys because I was so fucking close. $25 million. (laughs) Nick, you just won this week's edition of. Oh, that was satisfying. (laughs) That's funny. That felt like a very deserved win. Yes. Good job, Nick. I really feel like I earned that. You did. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you did. Yeah, it was a real strategic move there. <laughs> uh, all right. Good choice, Adam. Thank you. I'm, good I'm, choice. Yeah, we're, we're off to a good start. Nick, Nico, don't let us down. <laughs> it's only going to go downhill from here, <laughs> <Yeah>. folks. <laughs> I did. Because I saw the movie. I'm looking I'm like, at my options. Oh, no. I'm looking at my options right now, guys. <laughs> and I. I, I just, I'd just like to, I'd like to say, like, I think I definitely picked 
the the right choice in this one just because I think one of my other options in my head was like Inspector Gadget, which I haven't seen in yeah. God that's knows on my list long. here. That's it's on, on my your list. list. I have. Oh no! It's on my list of maybes. Oh I no! Have no idea how good that movie is. I have no fucking clue. I, it's been at least twenty years. Inspector Gadget. Yeah. yeah. I hated it as a child. Wow. Really? I liked it. I liked it That's a lot. That's all I can tell you. I remember enjoying and it as a child. I no idea what it's like now. Thanks. Right. Uh, we'll see. We'll Next see. week. Uh, <laughs> Nostalgist. <laughs> Keep trying. Love ya. Until next time. You've all been <laughs> so very, very naughty. No. Bring a new title next week. <laughs>